Hello and welcome to the Higher Mind Podcast. My name is Celeste and I'll be your host and I created this podcast to help enhance the human experience through understanding the human mind. Your mind controls everything that you do. So doesn't it make sense to enhance that little bad boy? Well, that's what this space is designed to do. So sit back, relax and welcome to your higher mind. Hello and welcome back to the Higher Mind Podcast. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Hi guys, welcome back. I'm so, so excited for this podcast and for today's episode because this episode today is literally, oh my God, it is the one thing that I think so many of us are out there and it's something that we unconsciously think about all the time. And it's this thing that like is like lurking over us and we're like, "Ah, I just don't know. And if we knew this thing, our whole life would just seem a lot more simpler and easier and coherent and make a little bit more sense. And if you haven't guessed it already, I'm talking about the big P word. No, not genitals. (laughs) Um, I'm talking about purpose, our big old purpose, our destiny, the reason for why we're here. Now, I do know that actually not everyone thinks of this. I was saying everyone thinks of this, but there's actually, the more I talk to people, it's actually very few people really sit down and ask, you know, who am I? Why am I here? And I think it's kind of a later in life kind of thing when we have that identity crisis, because, you know, you go to school, you go to uni, and then, you know, you do all the things, and then you hit this point where, I don't know if it's boredom or if it's you kind of have this realization where you're like, what is the purpose of all this? Like, why am I doing this job? Why am I doing, you know, the things that I'm doing? And you kind of get to this point where you start to ask, like, who am I really and why am I here? And this is kind of what I want to dive in today is a little bit about that answering that question, understanding why you're here and who you are, but also the whole purpose idea and like finding your purpose and why I think that finding a purpose is an absolute myth and is not actually how it works. I truly believe that your purpose is something that is already deep within you and it's more discovering it. And when I say discover, I mean dis cover because it's covered right now your purpose and what we're wanting to do is uncover that and so that's why I I call it you know the um, discovering your destiny and basically what I mean by that is to really understand how your purpose is already within you and you're already doing it like I know that you might not think that you are doing it but you're already doing what you have come here to do you're just either suppressing it or you're putting it you know on like a a hold or you're like trying to avoid it because you're you've tapped into what your external environment believes. So I've kind of already jumped into it already a little bit too quick. But before I start, um, I just wanted to say if you guys do find some value in this, I am currently creating a program which helps you to, you know, go through the steps and actually takes you step by step on how to do this um, and how to actually find your purpose. If you want it, get a little bit more deeper into it. There's a guy called Dr. Demartini um, and also Lewis Mocker. Now these two have been my mentors and have helped me to discover all of this um, and to really kind of clarify this a little bit more because I've always kind of wondered about this. I was someone who at a very young age started asking, you know, why am I here? Who am I? When I was a little kid, I would always ask questions like, why does everything work the way that it works? And I'd always look at space and I'd be very intrigued with just the universe and how the universe works and, and how 
everything works, you know, plants and animals and people and why can people be self-aware but not animals and all these kind of things is stuff that I've just always wondered and it's just constantly floating in my mind. So yeah, these people have really just helped to clarify that and to clarify these questions because it's something that for so long I just was like, is there an answer to this, you know, and that like there's so many questions like this that I want to dive into in this podcast, but this is one of them. I think this is a huge one and I definitely know that you guys will get some value out of this. So if you do, please, please, please share it with someone that you care about or that you think will find value in it. If you didn't find value in it, let me know, give me a review and tell me what you think or go onto my Instagram and, you know, have a chat to me on there and and ask any questions that you might have. Um, because I really want people to find as much value out of this as they can, because I know personally for me, when I've, you know, listened to someone and it brings me a lot of value, all I want to do is tell everyone else, because it's like that, that gift of giving, you know, you have this feel good feeling when you share something with someone else. And so I just think that, you know, you have found this in some way, shape or form. Maybe it's someone told you, or maybe you found it online or whatever. And if it has given you value, wouldn't you want that same experience for someone else? Um, so yeah, if you want to share it on your Instagram and just hashtag high mind podcast, or you can, um, yeah, you can just share it on Facebook or wherever, however you want to do it, but yeah, share it around guys. So let's dive into today's episode. So we might start with the whole question of who am I now, this kind of ties in a little bit more with identity and where that kind of comes from. So I did a video ages ago on my, when I started YouTube, like way back in the day. And it was this question of who am I? And the title I put was like how to overcome anxiety. And what I meant by that is that a lot of the times we have these attachments to identity. For example, you know, you go to school and you might be really good at sports, you know, and so you build this identity that I am really sporty. I'm really athletic. Or you might be really good with, you know, maths and grades and your grades are really good. So you think, okay, I'm an academic, like that is my identity. I'm a smart person. And then as you grow up, you know, more things, you kind of accumulate more things in your external world. There's a bird outside. I don't know if you guys can hear that. I'm literally sitting in my room and it's like a rainy day. (laughs) Sorry, I'll get back on topic. Um, But yeah, so you start to do all these kind of things. And as you grow older, you build this stronger and stronger identity because you start to attach more to your external environment. So for example, you know, say you get married and then you become somebody's wife or somebody's husband. And that is then another part of your identity. Or, you know, you start a career and you're a CEO or you're a lawyer or, you know, a career is actually the main one that we usually attach our identities to. And, you know, when you ask someone like, when you meet someone, the first thing they ask is, what do you do for a living? So that they can kind of get a sense of who you are and and what you're interested in. And we base so much importance on that. And that is like our identities. Now, the problem with this is like, there is actually a benefit to this. Like everything in life, there's always a benefit and there's always a, a drawback. The benefit of it obviously is that it helps you to navigate through life. You know, if you believe that you are good at sport because that is something that you're good at, it helps you to to seek that out and be like, okay, well, you know what? I know that I'm very talented at athletics and I'm a very athletic person. So it helps you to understand yourself a little bit and understand your natural capabilities. So then, you know, you can use that to go and seek and pursue those types of things and that's what will I will unpack when I start talking about the purpose process and the discovering your destiny phase but one of the drawbacks of this is that 
what will happen is you when you attach too strongly to your identity, say, for example, your job, you know, like I'm a lawyer or I am a CEO. And then somewhere along the, the path, something happens where that identity or that external thing gets taken away from you. We have what is called an identity crisis. We have, you know, this this freak out anxiety that takes over us because we now don't know who we are and we don't know how to operate in the world anymore. You know, for example, a lot of people do this with relationships, like I'm this person's wife. And then when they go through a divorce, they're like, oh my God, I spent the last 20 years of my life only seeing myself as this person's wife or this person's husband. And now I have no idea who I am. I have no idea how to even interact with the world because everything I did, I did with this person or everything I did, I did with this, you know, lens of me being a lawyer or a athlete or a, you know, whatever it may be. And so we really struggle then to actually live purely as a human being, um, purely as yourself, because we're, we're living from this external you know, identity. And a lot of the times you'll notice that your identity and these external things have been put upon you. And it's not always something that you're truly passionate about. It's actually very rare for someone to really go out and, and pursue something that they know that they're good at. You know, for example, say if you're an athlete when you're younger and you, and you do all these athletic things, but then you get to like your, your 20s and, and your 30s maybe and you realize, oh, you know, athletics is really, really hard and it's only for Olympic people. So I might just start doing something like sales because, you know, it still gives me that, you know, satisfaction of achievement, but it, it's not actually what you truly desire. Or people say, oh, you know, singing and dancing, you're not going to make money out of that. So maybe do something like teaching because that's a career that's, you know, more worthwhile. And so you, you become this teacher and your identity is this teacher but deep down, that's not really what you've come here to do, if that makes sense. And so I think a lot of the time, you know, we really struggle with detaching from our external inputs and we kind of look up to the people around us, like our parents and our friends and our teachers. And even now it's moving up more into social media influence, you know, like we have influences and celebrities that influence our decisions as well. Um, and a lot of times we'll be trying to emulate someone else's life and it's causing us all of this anxiety and all of this depression and we don't understand why. And a lot of the time it's because we're just moving further and further away from the core. Um, and the way that I, this analogy that I like to use is your core and, and the true you, the, the who am I, the answer to that is like the sun. It's already there. You know, it's, it's always shining. It's not like this mystical thing that you need to go out and seek. It's, it's just there. Um, and it's what gives everything life. And when, you know, you start to accumulate all these, these programmings that make you believe different then what happens is there's these clouds that, that cover it up and you can't really access the sun, you know, or another analogy would be like a mirror, you know, you can see yourself very clearly in the mirror when the mirror is clean, but once you start to write all over it or get dust or dirt all over it, the image becomes very vague and it's really hard to see what you look like. You don't, you know that there's something there, but you can't see what it looks like because the mirror is too dirty. And so what you can do with this process of, you know, well, they call it meditation, but um, there's so many different aspects to meditation, but that's one process where you deprogram and, and you kind of discover is what I'm, you know, explaining in this, this uncovering of your true self. And that is by removing all these programs, removing all these attachments that you've placed onto yourself. Um, and the first step to do that is to really become aware of it. 
to become aware of like why am I someone who thinks that I have to be you know a high achieving person in order to feel loved like where did that belief come from because you see yourself as a high achiever and that's your identity and it's like well why where did that come from was that from my parents because they pushed me was that from school because school the system was always you know the high achievers are the ones that succeed and get praise from teachers and so I've taken that on as high achievement equals love um, which is untrue you know and so you you got to look at where did these things come from and that's kind of what happens in this process where you start to look at you know your past and even your present, what you're doing, and you really start to ask yourself, like, why am I doing that? Why do I find this important? Was that something that I decided to do, or was that something that my external environment decided to, you know, put on me as a belief? Um, and so that's kind of like step by step how you can do it, which I show you guys in the purpose process, um, the discovering your destiny sequence that you could get that you guys can do. Um, but I think to start off with, it's just really important to just be aware of this whole idea, just to be aware that, you know, a lot of how you see the world and a lot of how you perceive, you know, who you are and your identity has been an external, you know, placement on you. Um, and a lot of the times, another thing that is really important here is, is your environment, which is something you can't control and challenges, you know, like finding that balance with your challenge, because everyone in the world has had challenges and traumas growing up. And so something that you'll notice when you get older is you will value something that you didn't have as a child. Well, when you were growing up. So we call this your voids, whatever you felt was missing as a child. And your voids as a child becomes your values when you grow up. And so whatever you felt was most missing as a child or whatever trauma you personally had, and this is kind of the cool thing because everyone, you can ask every single human on the planet, even the people whose lives seem absolutely perfect, every single human being has a trauma or has a challenge that they've been through. And Everyone's challenge is extremely specific to them. And the bigger the challenge, and again, I don't believe that there's a bigger or worse challenge. I think, honestly, they're actually doing studies now where they find that something as tiny, something as absolutely tiny as, you know, say when you were a kid and you walked into your room and you told your mom, look, I drew this picture and your mom was busy and she said, oh, yep, I'm just cooking right now and I can't look. That is neglect. And it's not actually neglect because when you think about it, it's it's just a natural thing that happens. You know, people are busy. They have other things to do. But as a child, you don't have that development yet to be able to understand that theory of mind, which is understanding that other people have things to do. Because at a when you're a child, your brain's only developed to know that I need something now and, and it's kind of all about me. And that's a survival instinct. That's just a natural thing. Like animals do this too. It's like, I need my mom right now. And that's why you'll notice like birds will just keep keep crying and chirping until the mom comes and feeds them. They will not stop because it's a survival thing. Like you need right now, like babies will cry and cry and cry until they get what they need. And as you develop as a child, that's the same thing will keep happening. It's like, you need to get that love. You need to get that attention. You need to get that, you know, nutrients. You need all these things in order for you to not just, you know, survive, but to grow and develop and then to thrive. And so when something is seemingly insignificant as that happens, that can actually be considered a trauma. And 
when we grow up then we we have this you know this idea of neglect and we're constantly constantly seeking attention from people or we're all you know all on these little apps you know swiping and swiping because we we want someone to notice us because back when we were a kid that one tiny incident ingrained in us in our unconscious mind that you know, you're not important enough to have that attention from your mum. And even though that's not an actual true event that happened, that is how your brain perceived it and that is how your brain saved that moment. And so we will live our whole life seeking this attention or, you know, like feeling this emptiness and this void that has come from some tiny event back when we were a child. And so that what might have been a void for you. And then that becomes your value when you grow up. So your value when you grow up might be now that I need attention. I need people to notice me, especially when I draw something, because that's what happened in that situation. So whenever I create something, I need that attention. I need that praise from people because that's something I value now, because back then I was a void. And when you become aware of this, you can really start to see like how your actions right now. And, you know, like a lot of times people will attract certain men or they'll attract certain situations and they're like, why does this keep happening to me? Like, why do I... I always get guys who, you know, don't care about me or are mean to me or whatever. Or why do I always get a job and then just when I love it and just when things are going good, I mess it up and I self-sabotage. Like, where is this coming from? And usually there will be that like underlying, you know, trauma or challenge or something that you went through as a child that was a void for you that's coming up now. And so you might value something more now than you know, the actual things, for example, like self-sabotage, you might actually value more that, that comfort of fitting in than standing out. Because maybe when you were a child, you did something that was amazing and your whole classroom, you know, were like, oh, jealous or something. And they didn't like you because you stood out. So now every time you get to that point of success and you get to that point of growth, you will self-sabotage because for you, you value more the comfort of being liked and being accepted within the group than the, you know, feeling of actually growing and, and shining and, you know, being your best self. And so that's another example of something being your, of your value right now that was a void when you were a child. And so everyone will have a different one. Everyone will have a different trauma. And, and this is kind of what I look at when we do this process is like how, you know, can you discover <laughs> what your voids were and what your values are now. And the key to looking at this is kind of looking at what you're already doing right now. And you'll notice in your life right now, there'll be things that you procrastinate with. And we're always trying to move away from procrastination. For example, like something like being lazy. Being lazy is something that we all think we should avoid, right? Like everyone needs to be proactive and there's this big hustle, you know, <laughs> thing going on right now like where everyone just wants to hustle and, and and work hard and being busy is like the new cool word to say like if someone says hey how you been it's not oh yeah good or like oh amazing I'm loving life it's oh good but busy you know I've been really really busy like count how many times when you ask someone how you been like what's been going on how many responses will say I've been really really busy and being busy is like now praised you know because it's like this new I don't even know where it comes from, but everyone thinks that like being busy and being active and, and getting things done and being productive is like the new in thing. But being lazy can actually, say if that is something you want to do, you want to be more productive, being lazy can actually be a huge advantage because I know a lot of business people who have created massive, massively successful companies through being lazy, through trying to find shortcuts. Like Tim Ferriss literally 
he wrote a book called Four Hour Work Week, which I'm pretty sure most of you would have heard of. And if you haven't, go check it out. It's really cool. Well, he basically talks about how you can work for four hours a week and literally triple whatever income you have right now. And he created that because he was like, I need a shortcut. I need something easier because I don't want to work hard. I don't want to spend all this time working. I would rather go out and, and do other things and get it done quicker. Like it was, it was really a, a lazy motive, if that makes sense. And that's like people finding these shortcuts and finding these ways out because they don't want to fit the norm or, you know, they don't want to just do what everyone else is doing. And so I think sometimes when you see these things that we're trying to avoid, go closer to that. You know, like if you're procrastinating and you're constantly watching funny videos, you're constantly watching the comedy shows, you're constantly watching memes, you just want to have fun, you just want to go out to the nightclubs and people are saying, oh, you're wasting your time because all you're doing is, you know, having fun and you're mucking around and blah, 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 because their highest value might be, you know, succeeding because when they were younger, they, they didn't succeed in in the sense of like say academia or financial financially that was like their void so for them their highest values you need to succeed and you need to produce and you need to always be your best and so they're going to say to you stop being wasting your time stop always you know going and watching funny things and and just you know your life is a joke whereas for you when you were a child maybe there was no humor maybe there was no fun and for you fun is is what you've come here to experience like you've literally come into the human experience to know what it's like to have fun and that is something that I've really only recently accepted within my life because I'm someone who there's a part of the process where you look at kind of the trends between all your jobs and it took me so long to really find a trend because my jobs have been very random like I've had a lot of jobs growing up because I'm someone who <laughs> I like a variety and I thought that that was a bad thing again but the more you go into this process you realize that everything has a very very unique and um, significant purpose so even if you feel like you're wasting your time you're not I thought that by jumping around from different things I was wasting my time and I was just indecisive and it was a bad quality Little did I know that it was literally one of the best things because I learned so many different skills and I can literally talk to any kind of type of human being and relate to them instantly because I have that empathy because I've had such a vast amount of experiences through those different jobs. And to just to put into perspective, I've had like over 30 jobs by the age of, age of 23, I think. I had over 30 different jobs. And at some points I had like five jobs at the same time and I was just, that was just how I could sustain my interest because I'm someone who my brain, as you can tell, just goes a million miles an hour. That's why a lot of the times I get off track because my brain is just like, (laughs) and so I need a lot of stimulation to be able to do that. And a lot of the times now we'll see children and we'll label them as ADHD or problemed or, you know, hyperactive, but really their brain has just so much energy and they're able to process so much more because that's the type of energy humans we need right now in this planet to be able to solve the amount of, I guess, problems or to create the amount of things we need. Like the world is kind of ready and that's why this technological era has expanded so quickly is we need children like that. And so when we have these kids and we think, oh, you know, they have ADHD and when we suppress their energy, what we're doing is we're taking their abilities away. We're saying, instead of saying, you know, you have a super ability to do a lot of things at the same time and to process information really quickly and to have that attention span to be able to, you know, work really quickly on many different things, 
we say, no, that you're a problem child because you can't concentrate the way that everyone else does. And I think that that is, can be very damaging as well. Um, but again, voids equally values. You never know. It could be something that later on will really help them. So <laughs> everything is kind of balanced. Um, and I will do another podcast explaining that, like the balance of everything. But um, yeah, going back to what I was saying before is I had all these different jobs and I was doing all of these different things and gaining all this experience, but I was trying to find the trend across all of that. And I couldn't really find it except for, you know, obviously people because I'm super obsessed and, and interested with people and mindset and how people's minds work, obviously. But the other thing I noticed was that all of them incorporated fun. Like there was something that was really fun and freeing and I had like kind of like a freedom within them. Like I did things like sales and lifeguarding and working with kids and traveling and, um, you know, that those kind of jobs. Like I've never really had... I guess I did recently have a reception job, but I never really had like a desk, you know, constant like nine to five systemized job. My job was always kind of all over the place. And for me, I really seek unpredictability and adventure. And that's something that I just love. I love change. I love dynamic environments where things are just like unpredictable. And that's how I thrive. And when I, what I did then was I... I was traveling the whole world doing all these things. And then I got to this point where I was like, oh, you know, I need to be more serious. And I started listening to my external environment. And I was like, okay, I need to, you know, really get my life together and get my life sorted. And so I came back and I tried really hard to get like that full-time job or to, you know, do uni. And even though I'm still studying at uni right now, because I am studying something that I'm super, super passionate about, I do still struggle with that systemized, you know, like, I guess, slow paced type of learning in environment. Um, I really do struggle with it. I really struggle with, you know, that like organized way of living and, and that predictable rhythm of like every day doing the same thing. For other people, however, that is a super, super comfortable space and they love it. They love repetition. They love waking up every day and having a routine and doing the same thing. And for them, that is how they thrive. And so I was just thinking like, oh, okay, so because the majority of people do this and this is how they live, that must be how to become successful and that must be a normal thing. So I should really learn how to do that. And I was trying so hard to fit that norm, but that is just not who I am and that's not my nature. And so by trying to force this external idea onto myself, I became super depressed and low and all of these things that I wanted to do, I was kind of seeing as like a waste of time or, you know, like what I was doing right now, I would be like, oh, I guess, you know, that's just me wasting time and, and people are going to think that, you know, X, Y, Z, that, that, oh, you know, she's just talking about crap and, you know, like I had all these things that I was putting on myself and I was stopping myself from living out my truth and that can happen very, very quickly and it, it can get to a point where you almost can't recognize your purpose anymore because those clouds and that dirt is so strong. And if you don't spend that time cleaning it and getting rid of it, you kind of spend the rest of your life always wondering like something's missing, but I don't quite know what. I have this empty feeling, but I don't really know how to get rid of it. And you kind of just like, you know, slowly moving through life, just feeling this void, this emptiness, and you're not sure how to get rid of it. And then, you know, start to go see the psychs and slowly what a lot of psychologists will do is they will help, you know, remove those, those, those clouds, you know, those programs and uh, help you to see a lot of the times they help you to see the voids. And that's why they do the whole, the, 
um, psychodynamic approach where they look at your childhood and they look at, you know, what were some traumas and they work through that. And that is really just discovering the voids. Um, and that, you know, can help with finding what your values are um, to get clear on like, what are you here to do? And so that's kind of one way of doing another one is meditation. Um, and meditation is a way of doing it unconsciously. So there's vast amount of different things that meditation involves. I think a lot of people have this idea that meditation is sitting down and having no thoughts and that's why they get frustrated with it because they just don't actually know what to do. And that's why I really, really, really want to create a program that actually teaches you the science behind it and just the massive amount of different types of meditation that will have a different outcome because there's so many. There's ones to relieve stress. There's ones to literally just, you can literally meditate and just have like a mad trip and feel like you're on drugs. And like you can meditate an orgasm. Like there's so many different types of meditations you can do. Um, You can meditate and like see visions. You can like, there's crazy things. And then there's also ones that you can literally just meditate to be able to allow your mind to focus more clearly and to be more productive. There's just different ways of using, I think that meditation is a way for you to I guess, make your brain more coherent and to use it to its best ability because the brain is a very untapped organ. We are now discovering more and more, the more I'm doing neuroscience, I'm like, wow, this thing is insanely untapped and there is so freaking much to it that we just don't even know yet. And even people who are doing phenomenal things are not even scraping the surface of what we're capable of doing with our brains and our bodies and our frequencies and our minds. And we're only now really crossing that border where we're starting to really look at the science and and finding this very direct correlation with mind affecting the body and the energy of our environment affecting our mind. And so it's, you know, it's this like kind of circle of how you're thinking and how you're feeling and how your environment is interacting with you and how that affects everything in your life. Like there is so many correlations of how your thoughts and and how you feel with those thoughts affect the way that your body feels. And we know this now. We know that, you know, there's like that gut feeling. There's also, you know, diseases that can be caused based on the constant thinking patterns that you have. Um, There's even like, to make it really obvious, there's those hypochondriads who, you know, make themselves sick basically by putting these fears in their head. Um, And there's the placebo effect. Like that's a massive one. I think this is one of the biggest like over underrated one. Like placebo is crazy when you think about it. Think about it really. Like there's this guy, okay, Joe Dispenza talks about this a lot, Dr. Joe Dispenza, about even little ones where they took a group, and this is all um, a science experiment, obviously, so there's controlled conditions, but they took a group of uh, cleaners, like ladies who cleaned, and one group they basically said to them, did you know that when you clean and do these exact tasks that you're doing, you're actually burning calories, so it's a form of exercise? And then the other group, they said nothing. And both groups did exactly the same thing. So obviously, before they did the experiments, both groups were doing the exact same thing. No one had any different situation or outcomes. They then did this experiment where they told one group, literally all they told them was, you know that you are aware that if you clean and do these exercises, your body will lose weight because you're exercising, you're moving, you're active. Whereas the other group didn't get told that. And within a couple of, I think it was months, The first group lost, I think it was like 25 to 50. I don't know the actual stats, but they lost an incredible amount of weight just from literally doing nothing else, but being aware of the fact that when they move, they're being active 
And when they're being active, their body lose weight. So just by knowing that, their bodies actually responded and changed. This is just one example. There is so many examples. Like I can't even begin. Like I don't want to get into it because I'll make this podcast five hours long. <laughs> but there's so many examples of how just by knowing something and just by being aware of something, you automatically change the way that your body responds. You automatically change the cells and how they respond. There's this actual science experiment as well where they look at consciousness. Go down the YouTube rabbit hole and look up the double split theory you will freak out the other one is dr masimoto he does a a rice experiment and also a crystallized water experiment where he basically takes water he froze it and crystallized it and then he put them in different jars he then you can even do this yourself actually i did this myself and i was blown away But basically, yeah, he put them in different environments and he noticed how certain words and sounds and beliefs and how you feel towards um, water actually changed the crystallization of it. So when he had a jar of water or a jar of rice and he came in and he said loving things to it, within a few weeks, that jar and that water became perfectly crystallized and it was this beautiful, amazing shape. Um, And if you do it with rice, the rice actually gets brighter and more whiter. It's actually so freaky when you do it. Then he had one where he did a lot of hate and you get angry at it and you put it into like really aggressive music. Um, You know, you say hateful things to it. You think of everything that makes you really angry in life and you direct it to the water or the rice. And he looked at that under a microscope and the crystals, um, the molecules were like scattered. And the rice, if you do it with the rice, it was like black and moldy and brown. And that's kind of what happened with mine. It became really like moldy and just disgusting. And then he also did one where he ignored it. He fully ignored the rice. And that one was actually the worst out of the three. When I did the experience experiment myself, I got the same. The one I ignored became like super, super black and super moldy, even worse than the hate one. And he did this experiment to show like how you treat your children and how neglect can actually be one of the most, you know, damaging ways of interacting with your child. And even showing anger or getting mad at your child can actually be more beneficial than completely neglecting them. Because us as humans, we at a, at a biological cellular level need connection. Um, And so that's, I just went on a tangent again, as I always do, I shouldn't have done this, (laughs) but if you want to look into this more and, and become more aware of how your mind and your thoughts are actually affecting your body, those are some really cool places to start and to have a little, you know, YouTube rabbit hole adventure, my friends. But tying it back into purpose (laughs) and your destiny and, and your identity, I think that Firstly, awareness is massive. Being aware of what was your voids as a child and what is your values right now can honestly change the game to such an extent that you will start to fill that void that you're feeling right now, that emptiness, that that constant question that you have of like, why am I here? Like, what is the point? What What is going on in life? And I feel like a lot more people are starting to ask that question now because I do feel like there's this need for people to step out and to you know, become what they want to do and what, who they are. And the thing that you got to understand with this purpose process is a lot of the times people will, you'll, you'll sometimes think from your programmed mind. And I did this a lot where I was like, oh, you know, like I need to become a successful person by doing X, Y, Z. Like, oh, I need to be really rich and I need to be really wealthy. But 
I have no interest in wealth, really. Like that's a value that my older brother has. Wealth to him and, you know, having that financial backing is something that he really admires. And I was kind of using that and taking that on on myself and being like, oh, you know, like not earning enough money or not having this big house, all these kind of cool things. It means I'm a failure. But that's not important to me because if I had all of the things, I wouldn't want it. Like I'm a minimalist. I love just having basic things and and keeping things minimal and simple. Like if I had a lot of things, I would just throw it out because it gives me anxiety. Like I like to just keep things simple and that's just kind of the way that that that's something that calms me down and so that's another belief that I was like oh, okay you know I need to start all these things so I can be successful and rich and blah 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 but it was like I don't that's not really what I want and the more you do this thing and when you when you go through this process several times you go levels deep and you start to ask why like what I basically do I'll give you a little nutshell of what it is so you you look at like how you're already living your life. So for example, it might be like how you fill your space, how do you spend your time, what do you spend your money on, you know, what do you procrastinate with when you look through your feed, like say your YouTube and your Instagram or your Facebook, like because we have these algorithms now which everyone's like, oh, it's so annoying, but it's actually super helpful because it, it gives you this insight where you can go through your YouTube and you can actually see what's trending on your personal profile page. Because whatever you're constantly seeking up and whatever you're constantly clicking on, it's just making that algorithm stronger and stronger and showing you the type of person that you are. And so if you scroll through and you're constantly seeing fitness things or beauty things or sciencey things or memes or comedy or humor or things about psychedelics or whatever it may be, you'll see a trend there. You'll see that there's something there, whether it's self-development or sales or investing or money or there's just so many different things that it could be you'll see a trend. And it's funny because you don't actually notice it until you go onto someone who you might not really be very similar to. Like say if you go onto your mum's profile or your dad's or, you know, like some person at uni that's very different to you and is more into like some kind of, I don't know, like screamo thing or I don't know, something completely different to you. And you look at their feed and you're like, whoa, this is so different to mine. And you'll notice that, you know, these feeds are really showing us on an, in an external way this is the type of person that you are. Like this is the kind of things that you like. And so finding trends in that, and then you just go through all those kind of things. And then what you do is you go the, the three or five, depending on how deep you want to go, five or three levels deep of why. And so what you do then is you ask yourself, like say, for example, your space, what you fill your space with a lot is, you know, photos or pictures, or for me, for example, it's calendars, or um, it might be, you know, colorful collections that you have I don't know whatever you spill fill your time with or money for example whatever you spend your money on and the thing that's cool about this is you can be really objective instead of saying like oh yeah I spend my money a lot on like you know being creative or whatever you can actually go into your bank account and look and it's about becoming really real with yourself because a lot of times we see someone else and we see what society says success is and we want to be that But when you start to, the first thing is when you do that, you're always going to feel this emptiness, even when you achieve it. Because a lot of time we look at fame and we look at fortune and we're like, oh, you know, I want that. I want to be rich and I want to have, you know, attention. I want everyone to like me and blah, 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 blah. And then you go out and get that. And there's so many celebrities now coming out saying this. 
they say, you know, like Jim Carrey is a classic example. He says, you know, I wish everyone could be famous so that they can understand that it's not all what it cracks up to be. It's not what they want. It's it's this this fake idea, this desire that we have, but it's not actually true to our core. And so when you're doing this process, it's really important to be super deep with yourself and super real with yourself. Um, And when you look at your bank account, you'll see like, oh, okay, I spent a lot of money on like health supplements. I spent a lot of money on food. I spent a lot of money on organic produce. I spent a lot of money on gym membership. And so you'll see this trend like, okay, health, 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 health. That's a lot of things keep coming up. So that is obviously something that's important to you. And when you write that down, you'll be like, why is that important to me? And that's when you get to that void because a lot of times the void will be so suppressed that it won't be very obvious because if it was obvious, we could just literally sit down in a room and be like, oh yeah, I remember that time when my mom didn't like my painting. Cool, that was a void. Oh, that's why I value this. It's not always that simple. And that's why you need you know, a lot of therapy to go deep and dig deep. But this is kind of a way to do self-therapy, um, in my opinion, <laughs> what I found has worked for me. But what you can do then is you go the levels deep. So you say, why is health such a value? You know, why? And then you go, why again? And why again? So for example, say if, let's take health, for example, you, you might say, you know, I spent a lot of time on gym memberships. And then it's like, okay, well, why? And then it was like, okay, well, because when I was, younger like my dad always went to the gym and that was just something I thought was normal okay why why was that normal oh why did you do it oh well because I wanted to do whatever he does like you know I just wanted to him to accept me so if if he's going to the gym then I'll go to the gym okay well why why do you want acceptance from your dad oh well because you know when I was younger I felt like he didn't really spend much time at home why because he had to work why? Because we lived in a country where, you know, you didn't really have opportunities, whatever. And then you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And you finally get to that core of like, wow, okay. So, and that's kind of when you go even more deeper because like that scenario with the mum not looking at the painting, it's not just like, oh, my mum neglected me because she didn't look at my painting. And it's like, why? Go deeper. Why did she neglect you? Well, she was busy. Why? Well, because she was, you know, trying to cater for like three kids with, with one job and two jobs and she didn't have a husband to support her. And then you, you see it from their perspective, you feel their pain and you understand the whole situation holistically. So it's not that you get to that point where you're like, oh, my mom neglected me. I hate her. It's like, wow, I fully understand why she neglected me because she was struggling too. And you have this love and this empathy for her. And you think, wow, like what an incredible woman. And you then come from a place of loving and fully understanding that moment and you accept it and you release it and then it doesn't control you anymore because it's not this anger that you have towards your mum for neglecting you it's wow she was hurting because her family didn't give her the right tools or because she was doing the best she could with what she knew and the only way she knew how to express herself was through anger or through you know aggression and so that's just how she coped and that's what I have you know, that's just the situation. And you'll notice a lot of the time, 99% of the time, humans act in a way because of their circumstances. It's, it's, it's just, we're dealt with things like we don't choose our parents. We don't choose where we're born. We don't choose what gender we are. We don't choose how tall we are, how short we are, how capable we are, our genetics. We don't choose these things. They're just given to us. And so when you understand that everyone is given these things and they're doing the absolute best they can with what they have, 
then you really start to feel that true love and compassion for them. And that's when you can move past that void and you can move past that, oh my God, this person has just ruined my life. You move past that and you, and you realize that this person was doing the best that they can. And I'm so grateful that they gave me that traumatic experience because it's now helped me to develop this, this value in, in me. And I'm a true believer that the people who have, and this is from meeting so many different people, people who've had the most deepest challenges and and traumas are the ones I find that are the most passionate people in life. And I find that a blessing. I find that for me, especially like my challenges have been a massive blessing. I even went through a stage where when I moved from South Africa to Australia and I found that my life was really easy and everything was kind of flowing. I was like, I need to go challenge myself because I'm getting bored. And I could just tell myself, I could see and feel myself becoming one of those people that would just complain a lot and life is just becoming kind of easy. And so what I did was I literally did around the world travel and I just made myself travel the world with very limited money. I had like five grand and I went all around the world and I put myself in really scary situations to just see how I would cope and see how I would overcome challenges because that built character within me. And obviously at the time I didn't know that. I didn't think like, I'm going to build character, so I'm going to go traveling. It was just an innate natural thing that happened that was like I need to go traveling and it was this burning itching thing within me and so I went and did it and now when I look back and reflect on it I realize that wow going through those challenges is really build character and so you'll notice it as you go as you get to this stage when you're reflecting and you look back on your childhood and you notice all these things kind of happen and it wasn't obviously like we don't choose our traumas our traumas choose us and you'll notice that there's a very beautiful and coherent match with your traumas and who you are you know whether your trauma is an illness or whether it's you know um, a relationship trauma or whether you've been abused or whether it's a neglect or, or whatever it is there's some sort of trauma within you that is so perfectly aligned with the type of human that you are and it's it's been given to you specifically and so never compare your traumas with someone else or think, oh, you know, I've had it worse off than them. Like it's, it's, it's specifically given to you. And if you have this opportunity to listen to this and to have this information and you get the opportunity to unravel that and find that, that value in that void and realize that your traumas are so incredibly beautiful and that it's like this liberating thing that allows you to really live out that value like for example if you've been abused you know sexually when you were younger for example that could give you that value right now of true deep love and connection for others because that was something that was missing for you because you always felt that that was something that didn't exist because all you knew was abuse and all you knew was neglect and so for you now you become this person who can give other people love and compassion and you truly care about other people because that's something that you felt was missing and we need people like that in the world and this is like I get like super emotional when I think about this because it's just such a blessing to be able to look at it this way and to be able to unwire this idea that the world is just this horrible place and and seeing those horrible things as blessings and turning it into blessings and turning it into something that is useful and transforming it transforming that darkness into lightness and then taking that lightness and spreading it into the world and that is my honestly that is my passion with higher mind the whole idea behind this is to enhance the human experience enhance the mind enhance the way that the human functions and 
our mind is what makes us function. And so that is why I've started this whole thing. (laughs) And it's taken me a long time to actually get to this point to be able to share it with the world because I've had to do all of this deep work. And I tried to start this kind of stuff ages ago because I was rushing it and I was like, I just need to get something out there. And it was, you know, this seeking approval from others and seeking this attention, which I didn't realize at the time until I did all this deep work. And I realized that that was something that I was valuing. And now I can change that seeking attention from people into something much more deeper. And when I do these things, it's not like, oh, you know, what can I say that'll make people like me? Because that was the place I was coming from, because that was all I knew back then. Whereas when I did this deep work, I now come to a place of like, how can I truly genuinely help someone? Because someone has truly and genuinely helped me and because my cup is now full and I feel this like full love and fulfillment from this person who's given me this information and not just one person just several people and and I've had access to all of this you know self-development and things that have helped me grow I now feel full and I feel like what I I just need to give this to someone (laughs) you know it's like when something good happens to you when you're at work or during the day the first thing you want to do when you get home is tell someone or share something with someone or show them what you've seen because we innately want others to feel good like like we do Um, we want to enhance our, our experience and other people's experience it's just a true genuine nature within us Um, And so that's kind of my whole purpose behind this. So, yeah, I think I'm going to try and leave it at that (laughs) because this podcast has been going for quite some time. And I don't know, I would like to know actually your feedback uh, if you do like them really long, because I love long podcasts whenever I do like a long drive or whenever I'm, you know, cleaning or whatever. I I like just having, you know, this long kind of in-depth theory and and chats that I can just really go into and like think about and simmer and wow that's interesting so that's just me I love long podcasts and a lot of the times when I'm really interested in the topic and they stop I'm like no keep going (laughs) but if there is any you know points in here that you were like whoa I really need to know more about that can you please leave a review let me know tell me what you think Go onto my Instagram, ask me questions, comment on my posts and say, look, I really loved when you talked more about, you know, meditation or I really want to know more about this trauma thing or this void thing or this, you know, void is my value thing. Tell me more about that and I'll go deeper into those. Um, And if you want to know about the Discovering Your Destiny um, and the purpose process that I was talking about, it will be coming out soon. So if that is something that you're interested in, please comment on my YouTube. I mean, not my YouTube. Well, you can go on my YouTube and comment on there, (laughs) but um, maybe go on my Instagram more because that's where I'll see it. Um, Or you can, yeah, leave a review on here. Uh, my Instagram is celeste.fori or you can go to the High Mind Podcast Instagram and um, check that one out and leave a comment on there or even direct message me. But yeah, share this around and tag me in your stories if you want to um, let me know that you watched it and if, if it helped you or if you have any questions, I would love to know. So yeah, I hope this helped guys. I hope you have had some sort of insight into it I know this is just the explanation of it all but if you do want to go into the purpose process then check out this space it will be coming out soon and I will let you guys know first and foremost because my podcast listeners they know me baby we go deep we go real deep (laughs) and I know that the type of people who like this kind of depth are the ones who are really going to get the most out of the program once I once I finalize it and um, send it out to the world so yeah 
that's it from me guys i hope you have a beautiful day thank you so much i love you love you love you love you and i'll catch you on the next po- oh what <laughs> i'll catch you on the next podcast have a beautiful day guys love you